welcome to the Financial Planning for Canadian Business Owners podcast. You will hear about industry insights with award-winning financial planner and entrepreneur, Jason Pereira. Through the interviews with different experts with their stories and advice, you will learn how you can navigate the challenges of being an entrepreneur, plan for success, and make the most of your business and life. And now, your host, Jason Pereira. Hello and welcome. Today on the show, I have Vipul Jain, an accounting and tax consultant who helps business owners file for shred credits. What they are and how you file for them and how they can benefit business owners is something we're going to dive right into. So with that, here's my interview with Vipul. Vipul, thank you for taking the time today. Thank you for having me, Jason. So Vipul Jain, tell us about what it is you do for a living. Yeah. So currently, I have my own accounting and tax consulting firm. I also provide virtual CFO services. I specialize in shred filings focusing on small and medium-sized businesses and especially tech startups. Excellent. Okay. So let's start off very quickly by talking about what Shred is. And this is not spelled S-H-E-R-E-D. It's S-H... Yeah. So it's S-R-E-D. I screwed up myself. S-R-N-E-D. So what is the Shred program? Yeah, great question. So S-R-N-E-D, which is commonly pronounced as Shred, stands for Scientific Research and Experimental Development. What this is, is a very generous and popular tax credit program provided by the CRE. So the CRE provides both refundable and non-refundable tax credits through this program. It encourages small and medium-sized businesses, corporations to conduct R&D, which will in turn be beneficial both for the businesses and also for Canada. And finally, like in today's economic climate, it's a great source of like non-dilutive capital. You get the money, as refundable credits, it's a small part of non-refundable too. The money comes to you and it's great to reinvest into your businesses. And it's totally administered by the CRE. Okay. So basically, let's talk. So bottom line, and these can be very lucrative. Like how big do these credits get? Yeah. So great question. So these refunds, let me talk high level. Let's assume you're a Canadian controlled private corporation, a CCPC, which most startups are. You can get up to 66% of your salaries paid to employees reimbursed. So that's super lucrative and you have to have those employees within Canada. That's a key point. Now, let's say you have contractors, right? You can get 35% of that expense reimbursed. And finally, let's say you're doing some sort of experiment based on using some materials and you can get up to 42% of those expenditures refunded. And just to give you an idea of how big this is, about 20,000 businesses annually apply for this and have received up to $3 billion of credits each year in Canada. Excellent. So, I mean, 66% is enough to attract anyone, quite honestly, exactly. before it's not to be attracted to it. Okay. So, let's talk about what qualifies, what doesn't. So, what would qualify? Because, I mean, anyone listening to this is saying 66% of my, my employment cost, sign me up, right? But it's not everything. So, talk about exactly. where, what does qualify, what doesn't qualify. Perfect. Let me talk about both things, what's in scope and what's out of scope. So in scope, what is defined as qualifying work is something where you're involved to resolve a scientific or a technological uncertainty. That means there has to be a risk of failure. If you're doing something which is, you know, totally routine, like quality control, routine testing, market research, sales promotion, none of that qualifies because that isn't covered under shred. So Ask yourself these two key questions. The work you're doing, does it have some sort of technological or scientific innovation at the core of your business? If you say yes, great. 
and are you experimenting with new ideas and approaches to solve problems if your answer is yes and the information that is involved is not publicly available there is a very good chance you are eligible for shred now let me give you examples of what is not eligible for shred even if there is some sort of scientific or technological uncertainty if you are doing research in the field of economics or business psychology humanities all of this is totally out of scope for shred and also like i mentioned earlier you cannot have expenditure outside canada let's mm-hmm. say you are doing all of this but you have contractors outside canada or employee sorry that expense will not be reimbursed because the idea is cra wants to promote you to do the r&d within canada and that's why they refund you the money excellent well i mean it makes perfect sense i mean it, it's bottom line is is that most government programs are typically focused on benefiting those who are actual residents so it makes perfect sense exactly. so perfect so talk to me what's involved in this process i can't you know there's clearly it's a minister it's government there's going to be a bureaucracy bureaucracy administration <laughs> and especially with the stakes as high as they are here with the numbers we're talking about like there's going to be a fairly high bar for this stuff so what's involved in in applying for these things yeah so let me walk you through about like how the process is and uh, what is involved so let me cover one of the things that you know business owner needs to consider so first one of the key principles that must be involved in your work is the use of scientific process what i mean by that is the way you work should involve formulation of a hypothesis testing the hypothesis and arriving at a conclusion if your work regularly employs that then you become eligible and the beauty is you don't have to succeed even if you failed you're totally eligible for shred credits and i have applied for clients who didn't succeed use this process everything was refunded no problem so that's one thing to keep in mind now the process i'll give you an example of how i worked with a client right from home when they approach somebody like me to the point they get the refund so that's a four step process so i'll walk you through what it involves and the timeline so step 1 let's say you have an assessment like to see if your work is actually eligible for shred so we discuss with let's say a lead engineer or a cto just to find out what sort of projects you're doing and are you eligible next comes information gathering there's two parts to it technical information and financial information so technical information is okay the work that you're doing the projects you're involved each project is determined separately so there might be some work a startup does that is not eligible for shred that's okay we just take the projects that are applicable put a write up and then use the financial information against it so imagine one employee is working on three projects two of them are routine quality testing market research but one involves shred that portion of that expense can still be claimed so that is the technical information gathering then you prepare a shred documentation review as per the cra and then final step is you submit the forms to claim those refunds this is how it's involved in actually starting to the end of submitting a claim to cra okay excellent all right so that's it so talk to me all right so that's clear now most business owners are going to start off having no idea where to turn this is where shred consultancy comes in so talk to me yeah. at the process that you put in place uh-huh. that basically helps people understand what applies for shred what what they can apply for shred with and helps them get across the finish line on that fantastic so first i'll give you an idea of what's the timeline so a lot of startup thinks oh like i did shred last year can i claim it i've already filed my t2s so you have up to 18 months from the end of your tax year to file a shred claim so imagine you did shred work as of 31st december 2021 you still have time until 
30th June 2023 to file. So keep in mind when your tax year ends, you still have 18 months to file the claim and you can file it with your T2 return. Now, how does a typical process work for like from end to end to help people apply for shreds? So it usually takes anywhere from four to six weeks, assuming you have two to three projects. Let's say your claim is up to 100,000. This is how long it should take, but what's the process? So usually how I work is I first have a call either with one of the co-founders who are involved and we do an assessment call. 40 to 45 minutes, finding out is your work actually eligible? Because sometimes owners don't even know like, oh, is this eligible? What sort of documents should I maintain? So we walk them through that. So it depends on two things. One, if you've already finished your taxium, then we start beginning the process of collecting information from you. And if you're within your taxium, we talk to you about how can you maintain evidence and document stuff so that you're good at the end of year to claim. So that's step one, depending where you are. Next, it takes two to three weeks to gather the technical information. So what sort of R&D you're doing, depending on your field. Let's say you're in the field of computers and information technology. It might be your lead developer or your lead CTO. We work with that. If it is, you know, biotech or something, you'll have your researcher there talking to one of my experts who take the information on what work they've done during the year and write it down in the way the CRE wants. Then we look at your financial information. Okay, what money did you spend? The salaries, the subcontractors, the overheads related to these. All of that is accumulated and then the claim is prepared. That takes about a week to two weeks. And finally, we send it for review to the client just to see, you know, does all of this make sense? Usually they rely on our judgment. We try to maximize the claim. So this entire process takes about five weeks. And then finally it takes about a week to submit the claim. We submit it ourselves or sometimes clients already have their accountants. We work with them, file the claim. And one last thing, most of uh, my clients want to know, okay, how fast will I get my money? So mm-hmm. the CRE currently, <laughs> currently is promising a timeline of 90% of claims will be processed within two months, assuming you're not audited. So okay. I filed claims recently for three clients in the last couple of months. Everybody got their refund within 60 days. 100% because they weren't audited. We did a good job of explaining what they were doing. But, you know, sometimes you get audited. And in my experience, every five to seven years, you're likely they'll pick you up for audit. And that can take up to 180 days to get you the refund. But usually it's pretty good. But if you're audited, sometimes, you know, the claim can get reduced because, you know, it's still the CRA. But it's pretty generous. They want you to do R&D and the refunds. If the claim is well made and you're being conservative, you have good evidence, you can get your money in 60 days and then you can use it for literally whatever you want, like reinvest in a business, build a jacuzzi if you want. Technically, there's nothing stopping you from using that money. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like you spent the money already, you're getting money back, you can use whatever you want, right? It's the fact that you spent the money in the first place. So whether it buy, whether the refund buys a jacuzzi or not is not the issue, <laughs> quite honestly. So, you see uh, some the reason I think that some startups think, oh, now do I have to spend it again on R&D or can I spend it on, let's say, promotion on, you know, Google Ads? Like you can still do that. There's no... Yeah. like It's not a grant with earmark, it's earmarked yeah. towards something. It exactly. is a refund based on yeah. money spent. So yeah. it makes perfect sense. And so, that yes. lets you hire, like if you think you have a budget of 60,000, could technically hire somebody for 100K, get 60% back, totally. and your net cost is 40K. 
Well, and and frankly, I know many organizations where basically they've already factored it in as a line item on their revenue. They they know they qualify their experience. They've done these filings before. And when they're when they're costing out a project, they're not saying, you know, they're literally costing it out and, and knocking 60 points off of labor because they know it's just really they got to float the exactly. uh, entire thing. So, yeah, it does. That's the great thing is, yes, it can be where we're talking about it being a refund and therefore it doesn't actually you know have to go towards labor. The reality is, is that if you're smart about it, you think of that money coming in first yeah. and you basically float, you know, float it on debt if you have to. It just depends on what you're doing. So exactly. it makes perfect sense. And accelerates your accelerates your R&D cycle. Okay. So talk to me about where the misconceptions of this program are. I mean, I'm sure people can, you know, it's something this lucrative is going to attract people that basically you're just trying to say, okay, like, yeah, I, I totally want 60% cut off. You know, where are the big ones that, besides the, the obvious things, when you explain, no, sir, you cannot just have your regular secretary and all your other labor that does no R&D basically uh, covered. What other surprises do people find when they're looking at this sort of thing? Yeah, one of the biggest ones I see is they don't maintain good evidence. Like you would have done shred, you're like, yeah, but it's all in my mind. You know, we don't maintain <laughs> notes. Yeah, no. Like we don't need it. We are a startup, right? Startups don't need to maintain evidence. Well, the CRA is giving you a lot of money. Like treat the CRA. Imagine if somebody's giving you 60% of your expense back. Treat them like a high value client. So don't maintain good evidence. Even though you don't have to submit that evidence to CRE, if an audit comes, you have to prove it. And if you're like, oh, it's in my mind, I had the calls, like, how do you prove it? So yeah. that's one of the biggest problems. I'll, I'll, I'll say if you're if you're a startup and you're going, especially if you're going for funding, treat it like they are a, they are basically a venture capitalist. You're going to have to show the work you've done at different stages. Yeah, that, that's a wonderful way of putting it. Yeah, like treat them like either a high value client or like a venture capitalist, like meet their requirements and they will like handsomely reward you with these refunds. Then number two, some of the founders, they're like, oh, I've been involved working all my time in the startup. I can claim my salary or sorry, I can claim the money I'm paying myself, right? There is a catch there that you can't pay yourself if you own more than 10% of the shares of the company as a contractor. So to save some of that CPP or EI, a lot of founders pay themselves as contractors rather than salaries you become totally ineligible. So it is worth like paying yourself a salary, even though you might spend it a little higher, but you will get a good portion of it refunded. So a lot of them think, oh yeah, your founders, two of us working hard, we get, you know, 70%, 60% back. Well, you paid yourself as contractors, $0 will come back. So that's where they sometimes miss out as well. So these are the two big things I've seen. And then the third one is like, they say, oh, look, I have this innovative website or app and I'm doing, and then I'm like, yes, it's new for you, but it's still publicly available. Just because you thought there was technological uncertainty and you couldn't afford to pay a you know, big developer or that doesn't count as threat. Like it should actually be a technological uncertainty for the public, not just for you. So sometimes I have to reject some clients who feel like, oh, but, you know, I didn't know how to do this, but that doesn't matter. Like, you should advance science and technology, not just your knowledge. So that can also make you ineligible for shred. Fair enough. So, okay. So basically, we've gone over this now. Talk to me about what the audit process looks like, right? Like, you know, that word scares people. What does it look like when CRA says, okay, yeah, show us or, or back up what you've told us in the past? Yeah. So uh, the audit doesn't necessarily, so firstly, just because you have an audit doesn't mean the CRA doesn't trust you. 
Do you think that it's, no, that it's might called be... a normal function of actual of, of actual tax law? You basically let's yeah, trust okay. but verify. <laughs> exactly. So a small percentage of you know claims will always get audited. So when the CRA comes in, step one, if like you get your refund within 60 days, that means you haven't been audited, you get your money. Best case scenario. People want that to happen, but now you've been audited, right? It's they'll ask you to now provide proof for two things, which are part of it. One is the technical information of the work you've done. And number two, justify the costs because that is what determines your shred eligibility. So let's talk about the technical information. Here they want to see evidence of shred. So let's say you're saying, oh, we are doing this. There is this technological uncertainty in our field and we're trying to solve it. Okay, what's the proof? Do you have, say, timesheets? Do you have some sort of meeting notes? Do you have prototypes? Do you have Git history? Like what is the evidence to say that, you know, I am claiming salaries for three people for shred. Okay, what mm-hmm. work did they do? It might be emails, it might be meeting notes. All of those are valid evidence, but you have to have something. You can't be like, oh, we just meet and here's the final product. Well, if you're claiming six months worth of salaries, show me six months worth of work. So all that, the more evidence you have, honestly, CRA loves it. That shows, oh, you know what, you're actually doing this. You're going back and forth. You have a hypothesis. You're succeeding. You're feeling that's okay, but you have a scientific process. So that's the, that's the biggest chunk honestly, to prove what's what technical work you did and how do you prove it. Now, part two is the financial part. Okay, if you're claiming these salaries, show us the pay stubs, show us the due. And if you have a contractor, do you have a statement of work showing that, you know what, this is the shred-related work they've done. This is where they were employed. You know, what if the contractor is not in Canada? You have to show some, some sort of invoices if they're charging HST or not, things like that to verify the expenses you've incurred. So if you have like good evidence for both of these, you might go a little bit back and forth with the CRA and if the evidence is good, usually it can pass through. But in my experience, I've seen claims have come down anywhere from 20 to 40% because, you know, there's always, you can't, you know, oh, for one month we didn't have enough meeting notes, you know, unfortunately that month's salary will be gone. Excellent. So, okay. So basically... When people don't know where to start, talk to me about where to get started. I mean, besides coming with someone like you, I mean, what, what's the first, they're yep. listening to this podcast, right? What are the things they should be thinking about that says, you know what, this might apply to me? Yeah. Okay. So there are these key questions you have to ask yourself. Firstly, qualifying for shred-related work. Are you doing something which has technological uncertainty and the information is not publicly available? If you can definitely say yes, you're likely to be eligible. Next, look at what sort of work you've done throughout the year and see, are you maintaining sufficient evidence? It's okay if you haven't. Go back, make sure you're recording meeting minutes or notes or emails and keep capturing them in real time because by the time audit season comes, imagine you have to go back 12 months ago and trying to find out, oh, what did I do 12 months ago with my employees? You're unlikely to have it. So get into the habit, you know, once every couple of weeks, just maintain evidence, put it in a folder, keep all your emails, meeting minutes, notes, whatever. So do these. And end of the year, so you have two ways to do it, right? Basically, file it yourself or you hire somebody like me or if your accountant is good enough to do it, do that. Filing yourself, you need to be able to answer. There are three key questions the CRA asks, which is in the shred form, 
where you have to define what technological uncertainty you had. So you explain that. How did you approach it? And then finally, what conclusions you arrived at? If you can articulate these, that's, I'll be honest, that's more than 50% of the work. If you're good at it, I've seen some clients managing to do that bit. And if you're good at it, you can do it yourself. However, the problem comes when it comes to the financial information and the amount to claim. Because sometimes clients don't claim enough. There There are a few different calculations, but if you have all your pay stubs and everything in order, the CRA form, like it will automatically calculate what your refund is and give you an idea. So you can theoretically still do it, but it wouldn't hurt just having a call with some sort of an expert who does it because they may charge, say, the fees range anywhere from 10 to 20% of the fee, but somebody can maximize their claim and they are only being paid on a success fee. Most startups I've seen have found it totally worth spending that because it saves you so much time. They take care of all your work and like they are only paid if they succeed. So they are interested in you maximizing your claim. So follow these steps. And if you are not technically savvy or don't know enough about the financial portion, like use an expert. It's totally worth you know maximizing your refund. Excellent. All right, Paul, thank you so much for your time today. I very much appreciate this walkthrough. This is a, I've been trying to get someone on here for a while. So I'm glad someone finally came on and, and told me about this. So where can people find you? Well, they can find me on my website with my name. That's Vipuljain, V-I-P-U-L-J-A-I-N.ca. You can you have my phone number, email, everything on there. Feel free to contact me. Like even if you just want a free consultation, I've done it for many clients. I'll just give you an idea. And you can at least learn more about Shred, any other tax-related stuff. Excellent. Thank you so much. So that was today's episode with Vipuljain about uh, Shred credits. Hope you enjoyed that. And if you do qualify for them, <laughs> what are you waiting for? Honestly, this is uh, one of the more lucrative programs I've ever seen or that Canner's ever created. So it in also, I would say, targeted in the right direction, in my opinion. But that said, as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever your podcast. Until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals, business owners, and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca. You can even ask Surrey, Alexa, or Google Home to subscribe for you. 